Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. I just point to the logo on my chest and tell them, Slendy, Ego, Slendy, Ego, Slendy, Ego, Slendy, Ayy. Hit it up hard. Hit it with strike. From the national anthem to the bottom of the night. I'm in Slendy, Ego, Slendy, Ego, Slendy, Ego, Slendy, Ayy. You already know what's up. What's up, everybody? Welcome to episode 356 of the Talking Friars podcast and YouTube show. Ben Fadden with you here, March 7th, 2023. A World Baseball Classic preview show for you guys today. Padres style. Uh, So Padres fans, everything that you need to know about who is participating in the Padres organization in this WBC. When are these games? When are the first games for these teams? The Juan Soto stuff, injury update there. And then we can talk a little bit about what happened today. Padres, Angels. Padres lost 5-4 to four to the Angels. Let's start there because I'll wait for some people to get in here and then we can get to the WBC talk. So 5-4. Lugo got the start for the Padres today. He got a double play to end the first. Three straight strikeouts to end the second after allowing a double, uh, I believe, to start that inning to, I think it was Joe Adele. And then he got a strikeout to end the third inning of work with two runners on base, first and second. So I liked what I saw out of Lugo. And post game, he seemed to be more comfortable with the pitch clock now that he's been able to work with it in a game situation now for a few times now. I think this is like his third or fourth start. I think third start I think I'm right on that I think it's his third start that was today 
Adrian Morahone came in after Lugo. He had a little rough stretch there. He, he Baez, I think, came in after Lugo, but Morahone pitched in this game. And the seventh inning really, really struggled. Two hits that he allowed to left, a hit to right. And then after that, with the bases loaded, had a hit by pitch. Now, I did want to mention, I think it's, I have to be fair, the base hits that Morahone allowed were soft hits. They weren't like bullets to left and right, but they were still hits. And then with the bases loaded, he still did hit a guy. Um, maybe he's working on stuff because it is, it is spring training. Like these outs that he's getting don't really matter. But I, I, I think that they do matter at the same time. Like it doesn't matter because these aren't actual big league games that matter. They're not regular season games, but Adrian Marhone, he's trying to make the roster, right? Like, I don't see him as a starter in this rotation, even if Musgrove doesn't start the season. I don't think he's in that group right now. Maybe he's still be, being considered as a six-starter candidate with Groom and Tehran and Weathers and Honeywell, right? Those guys. But I would not put him in that group. It is March 7th, and it's early, but... I think he's probably better out of the bullpen. But out of the bullpen, who is going to be that long man? Right now, it's probably Nabil Chrismat. And who else is in the bullpen right now? Hader, Suarez, Garcia, Hill, Stephen Wilson. That's six right there. And so it's one more guy, I guess. Who is that one guy? Is it Morahone? Do they want Honeywell to be in the bullpen? Right? If Musgrove makes the opening day roster because he's able to start the sixth game of the season, then I don't know if Morahone makes the roster. We also got to realize that Julio Tehran, if he doesn't make the roster, he can opt out of the contract to go sign with another team. So maybe the Padres think that, hey, Tehran, he's pitching well, and if he continues to pitch well, hey, we don't want him opting out of this deal. We got to have him on the roster and if he's on the roster as let's say the six starter and they have chris matt and musgrove doesn't go on the il to start the year which there's still a chance of that then i don't i don't know how Morahone does make the roster again th this i don't think this outing is gonna stand out to the padres at the end of spring training and be like well remember on march 7th against the angels he sucked so he's not we shouldn't have him on the roster, but I'm I right now. I guess I'm just more confident that Groom, Tehran, Honeywell, like those guys, Chris Matt. I think those guys are likelier candidates to be the sixth starter and be on the roster than Adrian Morahone. I don't know. What do you guys think about that? Do you think that Adrian Morahone uh, is going to make the opening day roster? Or do you think that he's probably on the outside looking in? I feel like he's he's probably, as of now, would start the year in AAA. But I, I'm not I'm not sure. I mean, the Padres, if they use him in the bullpen as a reliever, and he's he's one of the last relievers on the roster. I I don't think that's a bad thing. Like I still believe in Adrian Morhone, but if they're if they're pitching in multiple innings, trying to pitch in multiple innings like they are right now in spring training, I don't really see him making the big league roster or at least making an impact on the big league roster as a multi-inning guy at the beginning of the year. 
when they're already going to have six starters in the rotation, most likely. You add Chris Matt, that's seven. And then you have just six other regular relievers. So that's my thoughts as of now for Adrian Morahone and what's happening there. But uh, not, not, not great from Adrian today uh, in spring training. But it's spring training. It's just one game. It's just one outing. But again, I would put, in terms of my confidence right now, I would put Weathers, Groom, who am I missing? Tehran, Chris Matt. I put them all ahead of Morahone right now. Honeywell, probably, ahead of Adrian Morahone right now. All right, so not a whole lot to talk about with the Padres game today. That was pretty much it. Lugo and Morahone. Um, I could play. There was some interesting stuff that Seth Lugo said in his post-game media scrum, media availability after his start. So I do want to play that. So I'll play that right now. Here is Lugo after the game. Three point, excuse me, three and a third scoreless innings. Uh, he struck out, I think, three in a row in that second inning. Four times up and down. How did that feel? How does that look? It felt good. It felt good. Um, you know, I feel like uh, mechanically I stayed uh, where I wanted to be. Um, I don't feel like I got tired out there, so I feel like I'm in a good spot. Is the is fatigue with the pitch clock different than like what it is when you're the other games you started previously? Um, I don't think so because uh, you know I always work pretty quick. So, um, you know, there's a couple situations where uh, you know you want to take a breather, but I think with guys on, that's generally when you want to do it. And you got a couple extra seconds, so um, I have. I think I'm getting used to it. Now. You're dealing with adding, and you know, having to add endurance this year. What did you do to get ready for that? Um, a lot of running, a lot of conditioning in the offseason. Yeah. So you'll be set. You were like, you were, you were making that jump anyway. Like a lot of starting pitchers are going to have to increase their ability to work quicker. And yeah, I feel like uh, just the way I pitched, uh, you know, forever, uh, just being quick like that. Um, you know, first couple of bullpens throughout here, you know, the, we had a little clock, but. Not even paying attention to it, and I was I was on time. So I like to work quick, anyways. Is starting like riding the bike? Like, are you back into the routine of being a starter and all that? You know, ramping up for the season. I'm getting there. Um, you know, I think just uh, mentality as far as uh, pitch sequences and um, you know how I'm going to execute certain pitches in certain parts of the game. Uh, that's you know that's a work in progress. What's different about your day to day? Um, you know, it's it's more scheduled. Um, you know, as a reliever, uh, building up in spring at least, you know, you know what days you're pitching, but you got to turn around and be ready to pitch in a day or two or the next day. So, um, you know, having a having a routine and being able to focus on a few things, I think that's really helping me get in the spot I want to be. What was different about your offseason routine? You said running. Like, what certain – anything else change or um, – No, I, I kind of did similar workouts. I ran more through a lot more. Um, you know, I started throwing uh, about a month earlier. I started throwing bullpens a few weeks earlier than I usually would and uh, – Try to get to a, a higher pitch count quicker and just kind of sit there and, you know, build up intensity once I, I got to about 30, 35 pitches. And uh, yeah, that's about it. That's interesting. So Lugo, he was coming in, obviously, from the Mets, not as a starter. Last time he started consistently was, what, 2017, 2018? That's a long time ago. Um, and so he's had a lot of time as a reliever and not having to be built up as a starter going into spring trainings. And so now having to totally change that approach, 
I think the six-man rotation will help, or maybe it would hurt Lugo a little bit because maybe he wants to pitch every fifth day more consistently instead of every sixth day, at least to start the year. Maybe he wants to pitch every fifth day, but they're, it seems like they're going with a six-man rotation just to help guys with their arms and you know preserve Darvish and Snell because that did work last year. The, the six-man did work for a portion of the season, and then they decided to go to a five-man. Uh, I think Gore kind of got hurt, right? Clevenger was dealing with some injuries. Um, it, it just worked better to go to a five. Once the starters, they were all built up to whatever they were, were going to get to in the season, and you saved the innings at that point, right? And I think that's probably what the Padres are trying to do again this season. Um, so just more running from Lugo, I guess, this offseason. More running, throwing earlier, and like he said, getting to, you know, going into spring training, getting to that, like, 35-pitch amount, and not just throwing 35 pitches, but once he gets to 35, then increasing the intensity on those pitches. And now he has built up to more than that. I think they're... I think the Padres pitchers now are at over 50, I think. I think that's where Martinez is because he has to be ready for, obviously, the World Baseball Classic, which we'll get to here in a second. Uh, but some interesting stuff there from Seth. Like I've said previously, I don't think Seth Lugo is going to last the whole season as a starting pitcher. He just hasn't done it in a long time. And they're not going to go with the six-man rotation the entire year. That's not going to happen. So, assuming health, you know Darvish, you know Musgrove, Snell, they're going to be in it. You know Michael Walker is going to be in it. He didn't come here to be a reliever. And so it comes down to Martinez or Lugo. Who do you trust more to be that fifth starter to last the whole season? I trust Nick Martinez more than Seth Lugo. Maybe that's because I've seen Nick Martinez pitch. I saw him pitch last year and saw him have success as a starter before he went to the bullpen. But that's just how I view it. I think that Martinez, he has more of a track record as a starter as well. And like Lugo, he can be, both can be effective out of the bullpen. But Martinez is usually, he's like effective as a multi-inning guy out of the bullpen. Where I think Lugo, he can be effective as a single-inning guy seventh, eighth, even ninth inning. He did that with the Mets. He can do that if the Padres need him to. So maybe Lugo doesn't last, not because of his performance in the rotation, but because they think he'll be better as a reliever than Nick Martinez will. And I think that'll just be on kind of the eye test. Obviously, they'll have some numbers, you know, advanced numbers that they'll look at, but uh, there, yeah, there's going to be a lot of different conversations, obviously, with the coaching staff, the players, how they feel. And I'll be interested to see when do they go from a six-man to the regular five, and who is it that gets kicked out of the rotation? I mean, a trade could happen, too. We know Preller can just make a trade that we're not even thinking about and go get you know, a Corbin Burns or something like that. And obviously, Lugo would go to the bullpen. That would mean Martinez would probably go to the bullpen as well if they're just going to have a five-man. And then it's Darvish, Burns, Snell, 
Waka, who am I forgetting? Darvish, Snell, Musgrove, Waka, Burns. Like, that would be the five. Um, so maybe this situation gets solved. I mean, an injury could happen as well. And then we know the five instead of the six because someone in the rotation got hurt. You obviously hope that doesn't happen. Right now, the Padres are already dealing with that. Uh, but at the start of the year, I don't think it's that big of a deal that Musgrove might miss a start or two to start the year. I'm not counting him out because he's working his butt off to get back, but um, I want him to be ready when he comes back. I don't, I don't want him forcing it, coming back early. I think the Padres, they have the depth at the beginning of the year. And then if Tehran doesn't make the team, he's gone. So that there goes one option probably, right? And then we'll see what happens with Morahone. We'll see what happens with Weathers. When they get down to AAA, if they don't make the team, how do they pitch? If they don't pitch well, then maybe that narrows down the depth that the Padres have, or at least the depth that the Padres are confident in. Um, the, the, the depth the Padres are confident in, maybe that lessens, right? That decreases the amount of guys um, as the season goes on because it, it, it's not just a month sample size in spring training. It's now turned into three months, a month in spring training, two months in El Paso, right? So we'll see what happens there. Um, looking at the chat here. Irie asked, do you think, honestly, if Merrill shows he's ready, that he will become trade bait for Brian Reynolds or someone along those lines? I mean, we have enough shortstops to last 10 years, <laughs> to last us 10 years. Yeah, I get your point about the shortstops. Uh, I don't think the Padres want to trade Jackson Merrill. And I don't think they want to trade Jackson Merrill for Brian Reynolds. Is Brian Reynolds some, someone that's going to take you over the top? Like, is he going to give you more impact, like, in postseason games than Corbin Burns, let's say? Like, would you rather have Jackson, excuse me, would you rather have Brian Reynolds or would you rather have Corbin Burns? I guess that's a question the Padres have to ask, too, right? I don't want to give up Merrill anyway. I'd be willing to give him up for Burns, probably. But I don't want to give him up for Brian Reynolds. I mean, I like where the outfield is at. Now, three months down the line, if someone gets hurt or the outfield is underperforming, then we can have that conversation again. But right now, I'm riding with Grisham in center. I'm riding with Tatis and Soto. And hopefully the outfield depth ends up being good enough. I, I don't want to trade Jackson Merrill this early. And that's not me going against my previous thoughts of, well, hey, Ben, didn't you say a month ago or whenever that this team's trying to go all in? So, yeah, you trade Jackson Merrill if, you're, if you know, the trade warrants it. Like, you're trying to go all in, so keep going all in. I'm not saying, like, that they shouldn't be going all in. I, I'm saying that I believe in this current group that they're going all in with to start the year. So I, I, I'm not, I don't want to pull the trigger on that right now. I want to see this team play on the field in the regular season for a good amount of time before you go trade the top prospect in the organization. Irie says, Lugo wants to start and is trying to prove himself as a starter, so very interested to see what he does. His curveball is more nastier than Joe, so let's see. Well, Lugo's curveball is more nasty than, like, 
every pitcher in the big league. His curveball, isn't it like in the 99th percentile for something? So. That's not really a slide against Joe. That's more like praise on Lugo on the breaking ball. But yeah, I'm interested in seeing what Lugo does as well, obviously. All right. Let's get to the WBC, huh? Check out Gaglione Bros' famous cheesesteaks and garlic fries on Friars Road. You can visit their website, gaglionebros.com, for their entire menu and enjoy their cheesesteaks and fries at Petco Park and Snapdragon Stadium as well. All right, WBC time tonight, 8 p.m. Pacific time, Fox Sports 1, Netherlands against Cuba, former Padre Jerks and Profar, current Padre Xander Bogarts, headline Team Netherlands. And Bogarts is one of 10 Padres, at least from who I've counted. Seth Lugo, I think he was supposed to play for Team Puerto Rico, but he's not playing for them. He's not listed on their roster. He obviously just started today. He would already be gone, I think, if he was with Team Puerto Rico. So I'm not counting him. Ten Padres. Bogarts, Team Netherlands, tonight, 8 p.m. is their first game. Hassan Kim, Team Korea. And his first game is tomorrow, 7 p.m. Yu Darvish, Team Japan. Him and Shohei. Man, that's going to be fun to watch. Uh, Thursday at 2 a.m. Pacific time is Japan's first game. Don't know if I'm going to be up for that. Uh, Chris Matt and Julio Tehran playing for Team Colombia. Their first game is Saturday at 11.30 a.m. Pacific time. Chris Matt is starting that game because I believe Jose Quintana had to bow out of the WBC because he's dealing with side problems with the Mets. So Chris Matt starting game one for Colombia. Be rooting for him. Um, Nick Martinez, Team USA. That's the team I'm rooting for in the WBC. I know some are going to be rooting for the Dominican Republic because Manny's on that team, Nelson Cruz, Juan Soto. Like The star power is on Team DR, but I've never been to the Dominican Republic. The Padres at least have a representative on Team USA. If they didn't have a representative, then maybe I'd feel a little bit different, but I root for Team USA in soccer in the World Cup. I root for them in the Olympics. I'm going to root for them in the WBC. Uh, Team USA, first game Saturday at 7 p.m. Who are they playing? First game, uh, Great Britain, I believe. Nick Martinez, according to Bob Nightingale, he is scheduled to start Sunday's game for Team USA. Adam Wainwright should be starting on Saturday in game one. And then the rest of the rotation, I think Miles Michaelis is there. And Brady Singer's on the roster, but I don't think that he's scheduled to start that game. Let me look up here from Bob Nightingale. Uh, Lance Lynn. Lance Lynn. So, according to Bob Nightingale, no official announcement, but the probable starting rotation, Team USA for the first round. Saturday, Adam Wainwright. Sunday, Nick Martinez against Mexico. Monday, Lance Lynn against Canada. And then Wednesday, Miles Michaelis against Team Columbia. Team USA does not have the, the strongest pitching staff. But, you know, a lot of starting pitchers, they choose not to play in it because they need to get ready for their team season. Or the teams of those players, they can't keep players from 
playing, but they probably go to that player and say, hey, we can't force you to not play. If you want to play really badly, then you can play. But we'd prefer you not to. We'd appreciate it if you didn't play. So that's why you're not seeing Verlander, Scherzer, Cole, right, the big guys, DeGrom. Uh, those teams definitely don't want those guys participating. And some of those guys probably are like, you know, I don't want to go play for Team USA when that's gonna, that might mess with my preparation a little bit, my buildup for the season. Even though it's, according to Nick Martinez, it's not going to mess with his buildup. But you know certain veteran starters that have been to spring training every year, they have a certain routine, and they don't want to get that thrown off. But Adam Wainwright's another veteran who's saying, no, this is a great opportunity. I've never been asked to do this, so I'm going to go do this. And it's his last year in the big leagues. This is his last time to do it. Last chance. First chance. Last chance. So he's going to do it. Uh, but Nick, I'm going to be rooting for him. I'm, I'm excited to see him pitch. Obviously, whenever he takes the mound, whenever anyone is going to be on the mound for the Padres, whenever anyone's going to be on the field or at the plate, we're going to be worried about injuries. But as long as these guys are not playing Team USA, I'm going to be rooting for those guys, right? Manny, Cruz, and Soto, Team DR. Their first game is Saturday at 4 p.m. The update on Juan Soto, the latest update, uh, according to 97.3 The Fan, I think Sam Levitt probably tweeted this out this morning, said Juan Soto told reporters that his calf feels 100%, and the plan is for him to depart for the WBC later this week. So that's great news. His calf is 100%. That's not what I was really getting from Bob Melvin yesterday when he was speaking to the media. I didn't think he was 100%, but I think he's speaking at, he's trying to be a little precautionary here because he doesn't probably want Soto going to the WBC because uh, he's the Padres manager and he doesn't care what the Dominican Republic does. But um, it, look, him, his calf being 100%, it's great news. I want him to be healthy. As I said yesterday, I'm fine with him playing in the WBC. I wish that he didn't, but if his calf is fine, he says he's good, he's healthy, I'm fine with him doing it. It means so much to those DR players. I feel like it means the most to, the, to that country, Dominican Republic and Japan. I think it means the most to those two countries to be playing for your country in the WBC. Team USA, the players that are playing, yeah, they, they love it. They're excited for it. It means a lot to them. But I'm talking about like countries where players would hit ninth in the lineup to go play for that team. Like That's how much they care about it. You know, Juan Soto was telling his manager, uh, I don't know who the DR's manager is, but he was telling that guy, like, I'm willing to hit ninth in this lineup. That's how much I want to play. Are you getting that from Trey Turner? Are you getting that from... Uh, Mookie Betts, maybe. You know, those guys did accept the invitation to play for Team USA. I would accept the invitation if I was a center fielder for the Padres organization and they invited. Yeah, I would accept it because that would be cool to play in it, right? But some guys, they probably, don't, they probably just don't think that it's that important to them. And that's why you're seeing it. it it's, you know... The DR team is so stacked, and you're, that's why you're seeing they're the favorite in this tournament because all of those players really, really want to play. Team USA, it's, there's going to have a lot of talent anyway just because of how many options Mark DeRosa has to pick from. 
because there's a lot of players that come from the U.S. Most do, um, but in terms of like star power, USA stack, but I feel like the DR, their star players, the eligible star players out of the DR, they like all said yes. Vlad Jr. got he said yes, but he had to be held out because of the injury. Where Team USA, all of the star players, they didn't all say yes. I guess that's what my point is, if that makes sense. Um, Brett Sullivan, he is the last Padre participating in the WBC, at least that I'm thinking of. Um, he's going to be playing for Team Italy. Mike Piazza is the manager. So Brett Sullivan, Team Italy, Thursday at 3 a.m. Pacific time is his first game. Any Padres fans going to be up at 3 a.m. watching Brett Sullivan? I don't know. Hats off to you if you are. Now, if Darvish is starting one of those Japan games and it's like 3 a.m., I'm probably getting up for that. I might get up for the Japan game, to be honest, just to see Shohei and see that crowd in Japan. Like, man, in those exhibition games, it was sold out. It was like it was a WBC, WBC final or World Series game. That's how many people were at those Japan exhibition games where Shohei was hitting two home runs in a game. Uh, the other day. So that's what I'm saying. Like in an exhibition game is Chase Field getting sold out to go see like one player. I don't think so. You know, in a Team USA exhibition game, which I think they're having some t maybe tomorrow. Maybe that's their first game. Um, let me check that schedule. I did see that because every country is having exhibition games. Let's see here. March 8th. Because Team USA, they're training at the giant Scottsdale facility, I believe. Team USA, yeah. Tomorrow at 6, they're playing the Giants at, at the Scottsdale Stadium. So that's one of their scrimmages. Do they have another one on Thursday? Yes, on Thursday, they play at the Angels facility, Tempe Diablo Stadium. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChumbaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. And then the World Baseball Classic, it would have already gotten underway at that time. But like Venezuela is playing the Mets, Colombia is playing the White Sox, Dominicans playing the Twins. Just getting ready. Exhibition games. Soto's not going to be playing in those Dominican exhibition games. 
At least that was the plan earlier in the week. He's going to fly out on Friday. But the good news, like the big Soto update today, he his calf, according to him, is 100%. I don't know if that's true. We don't know if that if that's true, right? No one's going to know that, really, except Juan. But you hope it's true, because I don't want this guy's calf to be like 70%, and he's going out there and trying to bust it down the line in a game that doesn't matter for our, our season, right? I know he cares a lot about the DR, so I understand why he wants to do it, but Padres fans, do we really care about what the DR does? No. So that's the, the, the Padres player preview for the World Baseball Classic. Who are the favorites in this tournament? The Dominican Republic and Team USA, those are the two big dogs, you know, the big dogs in the tournament. Not underdogs, but you know what I'm saying. Like, those are the two big teams in the tournament. And then after that, it's probably, I would say, Japan and Venezuela. Venezuela has a lot of quality names. I think Luis Arise is on that team. Jose Altuve. Uh, Miguel Cabrera is on that team. I'm trying to think of, let me pull up their roster. I was looking at it this morning, and there's a lot of, a lot of big league names. I was surprised by this amount of big league names. I probably shouldn't have been, but I'm not paying attention too much about where these players are from. Uh, Pablo Lopez, Jesus Lazardo, this is the Venezuela roster. Martin Perez, Salvador Perez, Altuve Arise, Eduardo Escobar, Eugenio Suarez, Glaber Torres, Ronald Acuna Jr., David Peralta, Anthony Santander. Miguel Cabrera, like, it's pretty stacked. And Japan's roster with Otani and Darvish and Yoshida. And there's another big guy that I'm, I think, what's his name? Jung-Ho Lee? I think that's like the big Japan prospect for next year that could be signed by a team. Uh, but like Korea, I think they should be mentioned. Netherlands should be mentioned. They have quality talent. Canada. Uh, is probably in that tier below Venezuela. Um, trying to Puerto Rico is probably in that same group as Canada in terms of like their chances of winning it all. So here's the format. So there, here maybe I should. This would work better if I just shared my screen, so you could see the bracket. So in this tournament, March eighth through the twenty first. Dominican and U.S., they don't start till the 11th. But here is the bracket. If my computer is going to work. Okay, here we go. So as you see here, pool A is the Xander pool. And they get started today. Netherlands and Cuba, and then the other teams I think play tomorrow, or at least one of the other, one of the two teams. One one more game I think is tomorrow. I don't know. I think Netherlands plays tomorrow too. So, yeah, they all get going. Um, so Chinese Taipei, Netherlands, Cuba, Italy, Panama. The top two teams in that pool they advance to the quarterfinals, and one of the pool A teams will play pool B, or one of the other one of the two pool B teams that makes it out. And then the other team will play the other Pool B team. So Pool B, uh, Japan, Korea, Australia, China, Czech Republic. Japan, I think, is a lock to get out of that. I'd probably go Japan and Korea. So Japan would play 
either probably Netherlands or whoever makes whoever the second team is. So the Pool A winner will play Pool B runner-up. The Pool B winner, so probably Japan, will play the Pool A runner-up. So I'm thinking it'll be Cuba, Cuba or Italy. I think Netherlands will win that. And that's, so that would be the left side of the bracket for the podcast audience. Left side of the bracket, quarterfinal, quarterfinal uh, one. Technically one and two, because those, those would be two games. And then if you look at Pool C, USA, Mexico, Colombia, Canada, Great Britain. USA, I think, is a lock to get out of the, out of the pool. If they don't, that's just a failure. And then it's going to come down probably between Mexico, Colombia, and Canada. Great Britain, no shot. Um, so USA, let's say they win Pool C, they would play the runner-up in Pool D, which will probably be Puerto Rico or Venezuela. Pool D is probably the, either Pool C or Pool D is the deepest group. Pool D, Puerto Rico, Venezuela, Dominican, Israel, Nicaragua. Those are three legit teams, Puerto Rico, Venezuela, and the DR. DR, we think, would win that, right? So they would play the runner-up in Pool C, which would probably be Canada, Colombia, or Mexico. So hopefully this is making sense. And then once they, so after the pool play here, so we go to the quarterfinals. The first quarterfinal, pool B runner-up, pool A winner. The winner of that advances to the semis to play the winner of the pool A runner-up, pool B winner game. It's single elimination. Once you get out of pool play, it's single elimination. I know some baseball fans, they're not going to like that because it's baseball, right? Like, we're so used to playing series in games that matter, right? Postseason time, it's best of five. It's best of seven. It's best of three in the wildcard series, right? But this is in the middle of spring training. You know, it has to be condensed, and this is the way they've done it. So it's single elimination in the quarterfinals. The winner of that advances. The loser it's done. They just go back to their spring training camps. And then you win the semifinal, you advance to the final, the championship game, and the championship March 21st in Miami. Whoever wins, wins. The loser is just the runner-up. There's no series. There's no series in the championship. There's no series in the quarterfinal. There's no series in the semis. It's all single elimination. It's like the World Cup in soccer. Pool play, and then knockout games. They don't call it knockout rounds, but that is, it is the knockout rounds uh, once you get past pool play. So I'm in, I'm, I'm, there are some people that don't care about the World Baseball Classic and they just care that the Padres come home healthy. Ultimately, that's what I care about most, right? I care about all the Padres being healthy, but I love the WBC. Um, I mean, I remember getting the Team USA WBC hat before the 2017 WBC, and I wear that thing all the time still. Uh, so we haven't had one since then, and I'm super excited to uh, watch it again and be rooting on Team USA and rooting on Padres players. If they're not playing Team USA, definitely rooting on Nick Martinez when he starts. So it'll be fun. Um, if you don't like it, you're not interested, then I guess you can skip through whenever I talk about the WBC over the next couple weeks on this show because I will be talking about it. I will. I will have updates, Padre player updates, or just what's happening in general in the WBC, when Padre players are going to be playing in the tournament. Uh, so again, Bogarts tonight at 8 p.m., Kim tomorrow at 7 p.m. is the, his first game, 
I don't know when Darvish is pitching, but Japan's first game is Thursday at 2 a.m. Chris Matt starts Saturday at 11.30 for Columbia. Martinez should be starting Sunday. Team USA's first game is Saturday at 7. Machado, Cruz, and Soto Saturday at 4 p.m. is the first game. And then Brett Sullivan, Team Italy, Thursday at 3 a.m. Kirsten says Japan versus the Dominican. I'm guessing you think that's going to be the final? I don't think you're the only one that would guess that. I'm hoping it's Team USA against Japan. I'd love to see that. I mean, the world would probably love to see DR against Japan, if we're being honest. Like, see Otani go up and play against... Well, I mean, actually, the world maybe might want USA-Japan because they might want to see Otani against Trout and Otani pitch against that Team USA lineup. It doesn't matter who... I mean, if Otani's pitching in the championship game, let's say, him facing the DR would be amazing to see, too. It would be like the All-Star game, but it actually matters, right? Otani's not just pitching one inning. He'd be pitching his butt off to help go, you know, win the WBC for his country, right? Um, so, and DR in Japan, again, like I said earlier, I think those are the two countries that care the most about this. Or like the players that are the best players of those countries, they care, they care, about, the, they care about the WBC the most. If that makes sense. Like, it didn't seem like Otani was going to miss this thing for the world. Darvish was not going to miss this thing. Um, Manny, Soto, Cruz, they weren't going to miss this thing. They're playing in it. Where some Team USA guys, right, the best Team USA players, Trout's playing in it. I love that he's playing in it. Cannot wait to see him, you know, wear the US, USA on his chest. Uh, it sucks that Bryce Harper is hurt. Um, but just getting back to my point, like yeah, some, you know, the top USA players, not all of them were like, yeah, I want to do this. I am not missing this. Some were like, yeah, that's going to screw up my progression for the season. And so I won't do it. I, I, I understand. I totally understand some guys not doing it. Um, because the team that they play for is the, is what is more important. Right. But this only happens once every, what, three years. Is it three years or four years? I think it's every three. But with COVID, they just didn't have it. So uh, it's been six years. 2017 was the last time they had it. So maybe it's just... Maybe my excitement about it is just because it's been so long. I don't know. Because there are some fans that aren't really that excited. They're not going to be throwing on the Xander game tonight. I will but they're not going to be throwing on the Xander game tonight. Later rounds, they'll probably watch it, but they're, they, they're probably not going to be like that interested in pool play. But Team USA, they're playing in you know primetime here, like 7 o'clock. So, I mean, what else is going on, right? Really? What else is going on that you're going to want to go watch something that happens every year or go watch some movie that you can watch whenever you want over the WBC, which happens once it's happened once in the last you know six years right so getting back to the harper thing so harper's out for team usa because he's doing the he has to, he's dealing with his arm injury which sucks because i would have loved to see an outfield of trout betts and harper i know betts is a dodger but that's like a dream outfield 
And Bet Betts is, I guess, playing a little bit of second base. Uh, but Betts, Trout, and Harper would have been really, really cool to see. And now it's like Kyle Tucker, Mike Trout, and Mookie. Mookie might play some second if McNeil doesn't play. Um, the infield, I think it's Arenado, Trey Turner, Jeff McNeil, and Goldsmith. Alonso DHing, Realmuto behind the plate. Like that's a it, it's a lot of talent still. Um, it still could be better if you know the top players said yes. Really, where it could be better is the pitching staff. I don't know if Nick Martinez expected to be have his name called at the beginning of the offseason for the WBC as a starter, but Kershaw had, couldn't get through like with his health insurance or something, right? And Kyle Freeland's not on the roster, I don't think, anymore. And Nestor Cortez had to bow out because of a hamstring. Cole Verlander, Scherzer, they're not doing it. DeGrom obviously is not doing it. Um, who are the other big... Musgrove. He got an invitation, I believe. He's not doing it. I'm sure Snell got an invitation. He's not doing it. Uh, who else? Just trying to think. Corbin Burns not doing it. Like a lot of big names for USA, right? Not doing it. Where you look at the DR, you look at their roster, and you have, you know, you look at their their uh, pitching staff. Dominican roster here. Let me pull that up. Sandy Alcantara is the ace, right? Johnny Cueto's doing it. Christian Javier. Gregory Soto in the bullpen. Hector Neris in the bullpen. Carlos Estevez, Camilo Duvall. I mean, just gas. Diego Castillo, Hennessy Cabrera, Brian Abreu, right? And obviously, Luis Garcia for us. It'll be an interesting tournament. It's going to be a fun tournament, that's for sure. All right, let's get back to the chat here and see what you guys are saying. Alex says, my brother is stationed in Japan. Baseball fever is crazy at the moment. So much pride for their country and Shohei. Yeah, they go nuts. Like, baseball is their thing, right? That is their thing. Irie says, Darvish is going to be an interesting one with the pitch clock. He's had no practice, but I bet he's practicing on his own time. Yeah, I agree. People are going to say he's had no practice because he hasn't been in the spring training Cactus League games, but he's had practice. I'm sure in all the bullpens that he threw in the offseason, he had the timer there. When he was at Petco, I'm sure Ruben made him have the timer there, the pitch clock. And I'm sure some of the bullpens that he's throwing in Japan having the pitch block. Obviously, it's not going to have, he's not going to have one in games at, uh, in the WBC, but he's working on it. Trust me. He's not, he's not a guy. I don't see him as a guy that would sit there and be like, well, I'm going to the WBC. I don't have to work on the pitch clock. That's great. And when I go back to Peoria, that's going to first, that's the first time I'm ever going to see a clock behind me, behind home plate. Like, no, he's going to prepare. He's a super smart guy. Kirsten asks, which Padre will be the best in the WBC? Oh, man, that's a tough one. Well, I guess it depends on, like, is do you mean, are you 
taking starting pitchers out of it because maybe Martinez only starts one game and there's position players that have a bigger sample size. I think it's easy to say Darvish will be the best pitcher. Um, which Padre will be the best hitter? That's interesting. I want to say Manny. And no, I don't hate Soto. I don't hate Bogarts. Bogarts can do... I mean, maybe I should say Bogarts because I think he's playing in the easiest pool in this World Baseball Classic. But not every game's just pool play. So he is going to... I'm not saying like he wouldn't be able to get a hit off of elite pitching. But that is a reason. Like Pool play is part of it, so I guess that might factor into it. I would say Manny. Then I'll say Bogarts as the second best. I'd say Soto. I don't even know how much playing time Cruz is going to get just because of how much talent is on that team on DR. Um, yeah, I'll say, I'm not, uh, I guess I'm forgetting Hassan Kim. Kim will probably have a really good tournament too. But uh, yeah, I'm going to go with Manny. I mean, look, did Adam Jones rob him in 2017? Yeah, but Manny steps, it seems like he steps up in those big moments. And World Baseball Classic like this, it seems like he is like the guy to step up. Playing in Miami, where he's from, like feels like that's the guy to pick. Soto, I mean, he's swinging the bat really, really well right now, though. I know that was just spring training, and some of them are on backfields. But he's swinging it really well, and if his cap is fine, then... Look, it's, it's, not, it, it's a hard choice to, you know, Kirsten, right? It's a hard answer. But that's a good thing, because there's a lot of talent on this team, right? It's not like we only have one representative. Oh, well, of course it's this guy. No, there's a bunch of stars playing in this tournament for us. Iris uh, says, I never watched a WBC game. Do they really go hard? Meaning, do they go all out like it's a playoff series? Or do they take it a little easy? Oh, no, they go all out. Yeah. When the games matter, the exhibition games probably not, but when the games matter, starting with pool play, oh, you'll see it. Japan, they will go all out. DR, they will go all out. I, I, I would think USA will go all out. I mean, the Team USA, Team USA roster, John Carlo in 2017, Strowman's on Puerto Rico, by the way, and I was looking at their roster earlier this morning, and it ha he had a Team USA hat on because that's who he played for in 2017. He's not good enough, I guess, to play for Team USA this year. Uh, but no, Strowman, right? John Carlo, uh, Hosmer. I know we, I hate Hosmer, but he was, or strongly dislike him. But Goldschmidt sat on the bench because of how great Hosmer played during that. World Baseball Classic stretch, right? I think Ian Kinzer was still playing, right, at that time. He was starting games. Uh, Brandon Crawford, right? Like, no, they went all out. They really cared about it. So, no, they go all out. Yeah, they're, if they weren't going to go all out, they wouldn't, they wouldn't be playing in the WBC. If, I, feel like, I feel like it's just different. Like, when you're in those games and you have your country on your chest, if you don't go all out, aren't you going to feel bad like aren't you gonna feel pretty like you feel like you let down your country if you don't hustle and that's why you didn't get on base and maybe someone hits a ball in a gap and you should have you would have scored the game-winning run there but you weren't hustling like you don't want to let your country down so yeah they definitely go all out 
Irie says Manny's going to be the next 3,000 hit, 500 home run player. All he has to do is stay healthy. He's on track already. Yeah, he's on track, but I guess I would have to look at the other players in the league. Like, I know he has to stay healthy, but where's Mike Trout in those totals, right? Like, how close is he? He has 350 home runs already, and he has over he has 1,543 hits. And if you look at Manny, he has about 50 more hits, but he has way less home runs. 283 home runs, Trout has 350. You know, Trout had those, like, MVP years. Well, it seems like every year he has an MVP year. For the last 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10 of the last 11 seasons, he's placed top 5 at least, or top 8, excuse me, top 8 at least in the MVP, right? So Trout, I think Trout has a better chance than Manny right now. Jeez, sorry. If you saw me jump there because of an ad played on baseball reference, I was totally not expecting that. Trout's a guy I would throw in there. Um, who else? I'm just trying to think of some other guys in the league. I don't know where Betts is, but he, he, he probably doesn't hit as many home runs as Manny and Trout does. Harper, I would say him, but the injuries, right? That has hurt, right? Trout, Trout, he's had injuries, but he still hit 40 home runs a year somehow. Uh, Harper, like last year, 18 home runs. He had an injury. This year, he's not going to have very many because he had an injury. He has 285 home runs, 1,379 career hits. So, yeah, he's a ways away. Bogarts, I don't know if, do you think Bogarts, I don't know if Bogarts is going to get to the home run total. Yeah, he only has 156 home runs. 1,410 hits. I wonder where Soto, where's Soto in this? No, he has a long career still. Okay, so he's he's only at 612 hits, 125 RBI, or excuse me, home runs, 125 home runs. But um, yeah, I mean, Manny's, I, I, he's on Trout, or on Trout? He's on track to get there. I would say Trout, just to, I, I'd give him a little bit better of a shot, but Manny's right there. So yeah, he's up there. Yeah, I agree. Bob Melvin is definitely crossing his fingers, hoping that his guys stay healthy in this WBC. Yeah, Pete Alonso could get there, but he's also really young, too. He's not going to get there before Manny or Trout. He's way behind. He doesn't even have 150 home runs yet. Doesn't have 600 hits yet. I don't even know if he'll get there. If he does, he'd be way behind. All right. Let's get to some other San Diego sports here. So San Diego State, their game Thursday, winner of the Colorado State game against, I think, Fresno. I think that game is tomorrow. Uh, some awards were announced today. Matt Bradley, first team All-Mountain West, led San Diego State in points with 390 this year in the Mountain West games, conference games. And he led in points per game, 13. So good for him. Nathan Mensa, Defensive Player of the Year. He was voted on that by the Mountain West coaches. 
second in San Diego State history in blocks. He also is third team All Mountain West. Lamont Butler, I love watching him play. Uh, he was voted by the media as the Mountain West Defensive Player of the Year. And he's also with Nathan Mensa in the third team All Mountain West. So congratulations to them. Who are some other guys that maybe should have gotten some consideration? Keisha Johnson stands out. Darion Trammell stands out. Do they have a six-man-of-the-year award for the Mountain West? Mountain West basketball, let me see if they did all the awards. Because, I mean, Adam Seiko could be up there for six-man-of-the-year, right? It looks like all they did was reveal the all-Mountain West teams. So San Jose State coach Tim Miles, Mountain West, Steve Fisher, coach of the year. Amari Moore from San Jose State was the player of the year. Mensa, defensive player of the year. Jared Lucas, newcomer of the year. Dan Aiken, Aiken, six-man of the year. Okay, they do do a six-man. I mean, Seiko would be probably the Aztecs candidate there. I could watch that guy shoot all day. So Thursday, a big day. That, that game's going to be at noon, either Fresno State or Colorado State, I believe. Hopefully I'm correct on that. And congratulations to Bradley, Mensa, and Butler for winning those awards today. And they're going to be trying to hang another banner at the end of the weekend. Try to get another banner. Mountain West, oh, they want to get a sweep here. Mountain West regular season conference champs and Mountain West tournament conference champs. The tournament, it's not as big as winning the conference, which they've already done in the regular season, because all it takes is you to have a really good weekend, right? Where the regular season, it takes months of you playing really well, right? And the tournament, the conference tournament, I mean, I was watching, I know this is the women's side, but Washington State, they were like the seventh seed in the Pac-12 women's tournament, and they won the tournament. They beat Utah. They upset Utah, who was, I think, the one seed in the tournament. And then they beat Colorado, who was a higher seed. Then they beat UCLA in the championship game, I think, who was the higher seed. Stanford, who is probably a one seed on the women's side, they lost. Was it their first game? It was either the first or the second game. They lost. Yeah, I think they beat Oregon. And then they lost to... Who did they lose to? Um... I'm blanking on who they lost to. It doesn't matter. They lost. They were upset by, now that, I know it doesn't matter, but now that I was thinking about it, now I have to look it up. Oh, they lost to UCLA. Okay, that's not that bad. That's not like Utah losing to Washington State. But that's my point of the tournaments. Like, anything can happen. It's not... It's not as important. It's important because it guarantees you a spot in the, the tournament in March Madness, but the Aztecs are already there. This weekend, for them, it's about seeding, right? If they want, like, that five seed, I don't think they'll get a four, but if they want a five seed, um, then they got to win games. They, I think they drop to a six if they, like, lost on Thursday, right? If they can get to at least the final, then they should be a five seed, I think. Yeah, I did see this, Devin. 
Wave Wave FC, they're going to be featured in the new FIFA game. Yeah. And it's not just the Wave. It's all NWSL teams. They're all going to be in it. Not all the stadiums, but they're all going to be in it. And then I think four stadiums are going to be featured. I don't know if Snapdragon. I don't know if Snapdragon is going is one of the stadiums, but all of the new kits, they're all in there. So the Wave new kits that I talked about yesterday, they're in there. Um, so yeah, it's cool. They have the all the celeb. They have celebrations in there. So the Wave celebration, Jaden Shaw that she did last year. Um, after she scored the first goal at Snapdragon. They have that in there. They have the Sophia Smith celebration with Portland. So, yeah, that's cool. I don't play it, but that is cool to see, obviously, women's sports in the FIFA game. Irie says, if Manny gets to 3,000, 500 home runs at that point. Do we debate who's the best ever Padre? Uh, I don't know about that. I mean, I guess we could think about that, but like Tony Gwynn was not a home run hitter. Like that's, I guess you could say Manny's not a home run hitter, but he's more of a home run hitter than Tony was, right? Tony only had 135 home runs in his career and it's different. It's a different baseball now. Like Manny, Manny, he can hit 30 home runs a year. That's just not who Tony was. Tony wasn't going up there trying to hit home runs. I'm not saying Manny tries to hit home runs all the time, but they were just two different hitters. Tony ended up with 3,000, way over 3,000 hits. An OPS, a career OPS of 847. What is Manny's career OPS right now? 833. And I think he has a lower OPS plus uh, right now than Tony did. But yeah, like, look at this. So Manny, how many seasons has he played? He's played 11 years. He has 283 home runs already, right? Tony played 20 years and had 135. Way less home runs in nine more years already. And how many years is Manny going to play in the big leagues? Tw 20, more than 20? Because he's already what? What I say? He already has 11 under his belt? 11 and then 11 more at least? So, yeah, I mean, those are just two different players. Manny will be, at the end of the contract, hopefully Manny will be a top, Maybe a top two Padre of all time. Maybe I will say Manny's better than Tony just because I got to see him play, but that would be biased, right? It's too, if they were the same hitters, like if, if Tony was hitting 30 home runs a season, then I think we could compare that better. If Tony was playing in today's game or Manny was playing back then, I think we could compare it better. But both guys are going to be, Manny's number is going to get retired at the end of this. Um, both guys, Manny's on track for the Hall of Fame. He's definitely going to be a top two, top three Padre probably of all time. At the end of this, I would think, I would hope. Because how many, look, I'm just going, Tony never hit more than 17 home runs in a season. That's just not who he was. Right. 
Manny, how many seasons over 20 home runs? Excuse me, over 17 home runs does he have? One, two, three, four, five, six, eight seasons. Eight seasons with more than 17 home runs. He has six seasons with more than 30 home runs. Like that's, it's different games, different styles of play a little bit. That's just the way it is. Good question from Chris here. Does anyone know if the WBC will be on MLB TV? I don't think it will. They are showing, when you go on the MLB app or MLB.com, they show the WBC games like there. But I think it's not an MLB product. They're probably partners, but I don't know. That's a good question. I think because it's a nationally, those are nationally televised games, I don't think they will be on MLB TV. Because let's say it was like an MLB regular season game and it was Padres Giants and it wasn't a Bally game. It was a Fox game or FS1 game only. It wouldn't be on MLB TV because it would be like Fox would own it. So I think Fox owns it. Like these games, they're on FS1 or they're on FS2. Like the early morning games, I think they're on FS2. Or games that are on the same time, the smaller game is on FS2. I don't know if any game's going to be on Fox, maybe the championship or the weekend games at some point. I mean, I hope the U.S. games, they put it on Fox, maybe get a bigger audience. But yeah, I think I don't think it's on MLB TV. Good question, though. All right, that's going to do it. Talking Friars episode 356. Are you excited for the WBC like I am? If you are, let me know. Who do you think is going to win? Let me know in the comments on YouTube or on social media at Talking Friars, Twitter, and Instagram. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in here. March 7th, 2023. Have a great night. Go Padres. See you later.